Hi, I'm Laura and I am ADHD AF. Seriously. In the interim between seasons two and three, I've created these micro interviews to use the platform to share useful information to the ADHD community. I'm just a late diagnosed ADHD sharing my lived experiences, which means I'm not a psychiatrist, therapist or coach. I am not trained or even emotionally equipped to offer advice or support. And that's why I've gathered these golden nuggets of information from people who actually know what they're talking about. They will likely be swearing and sensitive subject matter, so please have a read of the description of each episode before ingesting these juicy morsels of information. Or in other words, tidbits. I'm going to try not to waffle because it's a tidbit, but I'm joined by a very, very special guest. Will you please introduce yourself? Hi, I'm CJ DeBarra. I'm a queer non-binary journalist and author of Neuroqueer, a neurodivergent guide to love, sex and everything in between. That is wonderful. Thank you so much for coming to talk to me and to educate us all. The relationship thing is really, really tricky with ADHD. Full stop. And that's not just romantic relationships, that's every relationship that we have. And so for this very specific topic to be spoken about is so fantastic. It, it's why I wrote the book, because there is so little out there. And that's not just from a queer perspective, that is across the board. I kept finding that like all the stuff on relationships, on sex and love, was always like squished to this tiny section at the back where they were sort of like, yeah... Yeah, it might be affected. You might find this, but let's move on to something else, okay? If we're not educated about it, how do we know? Then that in turn has an effect on our relationships and our partners and our mental health as well. Had Katie Osaurus on and she was saying how you don't switch off your neurodivergence when you go to the bedroom. It informs all of our experiences, right? So, of course, it's going to affect our relationship. It's going to affect intimacy. It's going to affect everything. Exactly. And this is where this idea of neuroqueerness has come from. I can't see the world any other way. I am queer. I am neurodivergent. Everything that I see and experience goes through that lens. And that includes what I do in the bedroom, my relationships, you know, even my friendships, all of it. So what would you like to school the listeners with? What could they take away? What would be the thing that you would most want them to know? Well, the first thing I would say is to get educated on what your ADHD traits look like for you. I started to look into all the different ways that ADHD can affect our relationships, our sex lives, how we meet people, dating, all of those things. I started to engage with and understand myself and my traits like for the first time in my life. In embracing those traits and going forward, I was absolutely able to have a much better and much more fulfilling sex life and relationship as well. I've actually met most wonderful partner that I've been with for about two and a half years now. Honestly, this is really the first time in a relationship where I've engaged fully and disclosed and said, you know, if something's happening, I've gone, this works for me, this doesn't work for me. And it feels so freeing. So if I was to give anybody advice, it would be to get to know your traits to do the research on what that looks like for you in terms of your relationships. Because as we know, one ADHD person, totally different from the next ADHD person. They're all so incredibly complex that like what works for me won't work for the next person. But 
it is so worth your while getting educated on what that looks like for you and how that might affect your relationships. Obviously, it's in identification, but also that perhaps you were masking in previous relationships because you hadn't identified or you were people pleasing or what do you think was standing in your way before identifying your traits? Well, I had kind of a double masking or a triple masking situation, actually, because I didn't come out fully as a queer person until I was in my late 30s. Mm -hmm. I didn't come out as non-binary until two years ago. And I mentioned my ADHD occasionally, maybe in passing to people. I was not living as my authentic self until literally the last two years where I to say my pronouns are they them I like dating queer people I am queer (laughs) and also that I have ADHD I am neurodivergent and sometimes I can be completely and utterly overwhelmed sometimes I need to stim fidget spinners or pens or whatever it is it affects me in so many different ways but I'm fed up of pretending that that's not happening yeah 100% so you said that your sex life had greatly improved now that you have identified your traits and you're communicating Communicating your needs. So do you feel that that is because you have, in identifying them, you feel more confident in just saying what your your needs are? A lot more. Um, it's yeah. not just being confident in saying what my needs are, but knowing that I've not just accepted myself, but I'm with a partner that also knows what's going on for me. Sometimes being able to communicate what I need sexually, what I need in terms of my traits, and also if things aren't working for me as well, because it's really hard to have those kind of conversations yeah. with people. You know, we're used yeah. to encouraging moans, the encouraging yeah. noise. You know, performance, performance piece. We're not told to say, do you know what? Actually, there's a texture Stop that I do. doing don't- that. That's annoying. <laughs> Or like I can't concentrate because there's a crack on the ceiling. Yeah. A partner that's fully informed, they know where that's coming from. So they hopefully understand. Yeah. And it's not something that they can take as like a personal slight or a, you know, or a put down if you're saying something doesn't work. It's because they understand that you are communicating your needs and this is what you are dealing with. That's exactly what you need from your partner. We've spoken a lot on the podcast in the past about there being a huge crossover between uh, neurodivergent people and queer people. It would be really, really helpful as a community to know how we can be good allies. I would say two things. The first is to be vocal, to stand up for, to advocate for neuroqueer people. Second is to create space as well, to make sure that you've got an event on where you're talking about ADHD, that you keep space and you allow for neuroqueer people to be part of and to speak as well, because there isn't a lot out there. When I wrote the book, it came from a place of not seeing queer people represented in ADHD self-help, memoirs, research, studies, surveys, all of it. I got so frustrated. And the same way as there's so little out there for trans and non-binary people with ADHD as well. It's, It's ridiculous that we're at this point. So by being vocal as allies, you can help to elevate neuroqueer voices. I mean, with it being February and all of the (laughs) Valentine's shit that gets thrown at us and all of the pressure today, is there anything that you would like to say to anybody who is 
ADHD or undis- well, I don't like saying undiagnosed because self-diagnosed is valid, but you know, anybody who is discovering their neurodivergence and what that might look like for them and going into dating. And there's so many ways that it can affect us with ADHD that, and you know, because we're never told about any of this, how can you safeguard yourself against something that you have absolutely no, no. idea? <laughs> what you're facing into. So it could be small things like eye contact is particularly difficult. I really struggle with it. It can be painful if it goes on for too long for me. Is this normal? Am I looking at you too much? Not enough? Oh God. Then there's things like time blindness where you may not realise that you're going to be half an hour, an hour late, which might be a first date. Boundary setting as well. So recognising when your date's giving you red flags. And also we have the anxiety around disclosing. At what point do I disclose to someone? At what point do I tell them? Or do I sit there masking, coming away, feeling exhausted? Do you know, you you raise such a good point there and it is something that I've thought about a lot. For some reason, waiting for the flag to turn a particular shade of red. (laughs) If we can identify that we have been bad at boundary setting and spotting the red flags, how can we keep ourselves safer? Do you have any tips? I mean, straight away, the first thing I would say is be strict with yourself in terms of your your actual physical safety. So putting a hardcore boundary in place for yourself that says, right, I will meet this person in a well-lit public space. Just make sure that somebody knows where you are, that you're not meeting for the first time in somebody's house. You know, things like actual physical safety steps in place is hugely important. I try not to gloss over behavior. So if I see something that I think, oh, that makes me a bit uncomfortable, I like to have a think about why. Yeah. Which I haven't always done in the past. I've been in such a rush to get that lovely dopamine hit from, you know, the thrill of of the date. <laughs> to come yeah. walk away for a few minutes and have a think. Text somebody if you need to. Just have a think about why you're feeling that way. And is it something that's like a mild ick, or is this something that like is potentially a sign of awesome. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Gosh, that's really sound advice. Take a minute. Take a minute to tune into your intuition and, and question. What oh, it could be or get support in that. That's such a good set. I'm having an exit strategy. I used to have a wonderful get out of jail card with my friend Webley. She would ring me halfway through a date and like literally say, hi, I'm just ringing with an emergency. And then it was up to me whether I wanted to lean into it or not. But we also had a safe word so that she would know, if even if I couldn't pick up the phone, that I could just text this safe word. Mm-hmm. And she would know that, okay, you're definitely fine. Yeah, that is really good. That is such good advice. Absolute pearls. Thank you ever so much. I really feel like I want to just keep talking to you, but we'll stop there just because I'm, I'm never going to stick to this tidbit thing if I, if I okay, keep talking to you. Fine. You can buy my book, Neuroqueer. Yeah, a neurodivergent guide to love, sex, and everything in between from all good bookshops. And you can be an activist and actually go in and demand that your bookshop get the book in as well. Um, if you don't ask for it, we don't get it. So the more people start demanding books about ADHD, queerness and all the rest, the more that these books will start to be written and made and produced. Um, if you're like me and you like ordering treats online, um, you can also get the book from Amazon as well or from uh, cjdebarra.com. Thank you. <laughs> Yay! Thank you so much. Oh, God, I hate doing it. <laughs>
<laughs> um, so, do you know what the thing is people always want me to flog stuff and yeah. then I'm just like well no I'm not going to I'm only going to flog the stuff that I actually think is any good I'm not going to sell a planner <laughs> or a whatever I would never fucking use a planner would I I hope you enjoyed that tidbit from an expert. If so, please comment in the Q&A on Spotify or leave a review wherever you're listening and I might just keep creating them alongside season three, which is coming right up with some full-length interviews with absolutely legendary ADHD AF guests. If like me, late diagnosed ADHD left you feeling like an alien, you are not alone. Come and connect with the community at ADHD AF Alien Nation Live Tour an intergalactic, huntastic expedition invading 14 UK cities this spring-summer to raise ADHD awareness and connect local ADHDers. Tickets are available via the link in the blurb of this episode and on ADHDersfemales.com forward slash events. These very special live shows explore going from the feelings of alienation to discovering an alien nation. There's a whole planet of us. I hope to see you in real life there and or chat to you on Discord or over Zoom on the online peer support community, Planet ADHD AF. ADHD.